With the call of the game for the Jaguars and the Chiefs on CBS Sports, it's the CBS lead NFL play-by-play announcer since 2004, three-time Emmy winner, five-time National Sportscaster of the Year, Jim Nance. It's great to see you. Great to have you on the broadcast this week. It's been a little while, I think, for you on a Jags game. It has. You know, we had a nice little run there with the Jags the year they went to the AFC Championship game, and then the following season we had them week two, hosting New England on a national doubleheader game. So I think this is the start. I'm not saying it's going to be an onslaught of every week coverage, but I think we're this. it's a build here with the parts that are in place to the Jags becoming something we'll be seeing quite often in the future. I look forward to it. Jim, what was your view of what happened last year under the previous regime and now moving forward, going to the lowest of lows really last year to now bringing in a guy who's – been around the league since the early 90s as a player in Doug Peterson. It's it's night and day, it feels like, from last season to now. But what's your view from the outside looking in? I've always been a great admirer of Doug's. I've, you know, I had the occasion to cover him a lot in Philadelphia, and uh, I like the way he ran that team. And, of course, it led to a Super Bowl title, and I thought it was a tremendous hire. I mean, the pieces are in place. Now we just have to let time take its course. Uh, it, it's just neat to see, though, that, and in the offseason, they made a commitment to building this offensive line. Obviously, that is already showing some real benefit there. And Trevor is now in 25 games into his career. And I think we're going to see him in this game coming off probably the most important win he's had, you know, in, in, in that 25-game stretch. And, and it's just it's, – it's an exciting time to see that the Jags are, are rising. I know they're coming off a five-game losing streak, and there's a, several of those games were very winnable games, but they're close. They're close, JP. They're really close. Jim Nance with us. Let's stay on the head coach. It's the Jaguars' fifth full-time head coach in the last 11 seasons. But as you mentioned, his calming nature around the quarterback – and the guy won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. So Doug understands the position. He understands how to relate to the player and then can manage the team if things are breaking down and not going well. So even in these stretch of one-score losses that they've had and then the win last week, it'll be the same Doug week in and week out, it feels like. No, I think there's a consistency, and the, and there's there's also a quiet confidence that, that he exudes, but that the players and everybody in the organization – can definitely feed off of that. They can feel it. There's something about his presence. I've got this is kind of what he says with his body language. And he does. Uh, I've always thought he was not given enough credit for uh, his innovation. Some of the cool things that he's done uh, as a head coach, just uh, the imagination he's come up with offensively and learning from Andy Reed, of course, from being with him in Philadelphia, the Kansas city and on and on. Listen, the Jags have their man. They've got the right guy on the sideline. There's no question. You know, you mentioned Andy Reid there. and We were talking about this on a show earlier this week. Uh, obviously, Reid comes from the Green Bay thing. Of course, Doug was there as a player. And then you know, in Philadelphia, had Donovan McNabb to run that offense. And now in Kansas City, the offense is running at its highest level with Mahomes there. But it's really opened a new era of scoring and execution in the NFL on offense. Bill Belichick set the standard on defense, you know, for the last 20 years, it feels like. Is Andy Reid that on the offensive side in the NFL? I think that's a very well-phrased comment you just made. Uh, I haven't had anybody quite stitch it together the way you just did, but I don't think there's any question that his influence is being felt throughout, throughout the league. 
of course, he's got – I'm not taking nothing away from him. I mean, this, this is an amazing coach, a Hall of Fame coach. And he's got all the parts in place. You know, you've got to have the right guys to be able to, to execute when you're, when you're doing new things. And they definitely have that talent level. But it starts, it, it, it starts with a creative mind, JP. Let's, let's put it that way. And, and Andy, is, is interesting, we, we get a lot of their games. And I, I just spoke about this uh, yesterday to a friend of mine. Andy comes from a, a home as a young kid where creativity was emphasized. His father was a set designer in Hollywood. His father worked in film and television. He found ways to you know, build backgrounds and you know, imaginary places. And in golf, we talk about people being either a scientist or an artist. You got the people that grind over all the analytics and and the track man and the feedback you get out of that. And then you got people that just stand over a shot and say, it looks like this. I want to kind of carve something in. They see it in their head. They can follow the ball. They can imagine it. Andy Reid is an artist. He, he's the son of an artist. And now he is the far, father, if you will, of this imaginative way in the NFL to play offensive football. And its effects are being felt in a lot of places. And listen, Doug Peterson is one of the first disciples, if not the first. So um, I'm looking forward to that matchup. I'm looking forward to having a chance to see it all unfold. And now that we're 25 games into into Lawrence's career, I mean, I think we're starting to see the signs that he's going to be an elite quarterback. Of course, uh, Etienne is going to be an elite running back. So um, it's exciting. I think for Jags fans, this is a, a very good time to be. If you jumped off the bandwagon before uh you better jump on right now because uh the seats are going to be filled here pretty quickly jim nance with us hey uh, you mentioned trevor lawrence and yes there are some really good signs um some throws that he makes that not a lot of other guys can make but then there are some head scratching moments still in the red zone goal to go situation interceptions in the end zone things like that but uh, you just have to fight through some of that learning curve if you're a Jaguar fan and, and stick with it. We had calls earlier in the year, Jim, that fans wanted to sit him down. I mean, that's the most insane thing I've heard. He's got to go play and fight through some of these mistakes. Of course he does. And there aren't many players in the league who don't go through this growing process. I mean, I'm talking not just current. I'm talking about the history of the league, uh, the growing pains. And listen, we know the stats of what it looked like when Peyton Manning was a rookie in the NFL. And we know this is a second year for Trevor, but the point is you got to get the game to slow down. I think it is slowing down. And I've watched a lot of the Jacksonville games this year. I think the one that everyone would like to have back the most is the one from the one-yard line over in London and that interception. But it happens. Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions last week in the red zone. And he's Aaron Rodgers, and they're floundering. So it happens to the best of them. But I also know that last week there was a stretch where Trevor went 18 out of 19 for a couple hundred yards, and he looked like a world beater. And the more he plays, the more often he's going to look like a world beater. Jim, how do you cover Travis Kelsey? Slow him down? Or can you? Oh, I thought you you were asking how do I cover him as a broadcast. No, 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 no. As a defense, Jaguars defense, he is – Good luck. He's the guy. There's a a lot of coordinators around the league that like to have that answer, trust me. And he hasn't he hasn't slowed down at all. I mean, he's been around now ten years, and he's as automatic as they come for fa- figuring out ways to create separation, 
he uses his body brilliantly to, to box out guys. And you know, in the middle of the field, he can turn around and catch, turn and catch with the best of him, pick up any easy 10 at crucial times. But he's a very rare talent. Listen, he's going to he's going to shatter like almost every tight end record when it's all said and done. So you're talking first ballot Hall of Famer right there. But I don't think anybody with my uh, limited skills of uh, coaching football would ever expect me to be able to have that answer. There's some great minds out there that have never figured that one out. Jim Nance with us. I guess one way you could, yeah. JP, is you is you, you should put three guys on them and just go ahead and say the other two guys, McCall Hardman. You know, name, name name your chief wide out. Just go ahead and let him just be wide open. You know, there's the only way you can stop us, but about I think you need three guys on him, and that's just not possible. Hit him at the line, hit him down the field, double cover him and see what happens. Pray after that. And he's still he's still he's still gonna go over hundred. That's right. Yeah. Uh Jim Nance with us. Final couple moments here. You know, let's talk big picture here. AFC South seems gettable still. The Titans are not running away with this thing. The Colts are what they are right now, of course. Um, and if the Jaguars can get a couple wins here in the middle of the schedule, stay in it after Thanksgiving, they have two head-to-head games against Tennessee. I know we're putting the cart before the horse. There's some things that still need to be done for the Jaguars, but the AFC South is gettable for any team, especially the Jaguars right now. Well, here's how I look at it. it, it you know, Houston's not going to win the division, so now you're down to three teams. I mean, Tennessee did just reel off a five-game win streak before the loss to KC, and they're going to be the team to beat. But there are two matchups, like you said, between Jacksonville and Tennessee still to come. I mean, this Jacksonville record, I know everybody can say we could have been, should have been, but it very easily could have been uh, with all these fourth quarter losses and, and relinquishing the leads late. This this could have very easily been, let's call it six and three instead of three and six. It could have been. It really could have been. So it's a team that you know is going to have to take some games that people don't expect them to, like this one right here. This, this would be such a statement win for the franchise if they could go into Arrowhead and beat this team. But it's the NFL. You know, you don't rule anything out. And this team's fearless. They're coming in and riding a high of that comeback win against the Raiders. So, yeah, I mean, Tennessee is clearly the team to beat. I don't think Indianapolis is a threat now that they've gone through this midseason change. So it's Tennessee, and it's their division to lose. And if anybody's going to catch them, it's going to be this team. Jim, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to hearing you on Sunday at Arrowhead for the Jaguars and the Chiefs, and uh, best of luck to you. Appreciate it. JP, my pleasure, and uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to visit more often down the road.